I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of ones for power power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to answer some of your gardening queries. This week we'll be talking about something close to my heart, the seed trade. My guest this week is from E.W. King in Coggeshall. They've been growing seeds there since 1888. And I must say thanks to our podcast sponsor, Sutton Seeds of Torquay. Well now, some of you lucky people had a really good rain this week. I got my fingers crossed that by the time this goes out on air that we may add rain. So far it's not been enough to wet the roof to get the uh, pipes running into the water butt. So we're still really dry I'm afraid. Although those little bits of drizzle did sort of keep things alive. I was uh, interested to hear that the miracle Grow Fertiliser Company has now been sold. The Americans are retaining all of their home business but where things like miracle Grow fertiliser was being manufactured and sold in Europe and Australia, all that uh, export business has been sold. And the president, Jim Hagedorn, said he was sad to lose company with uh, all those people he'd worked with. And I tell you, I'm a little bit sad because I was with his dad, uh, Horace Hagedorn. Goodness, what a character he was when they first introduced miracle Grow fertilizer to Britain, must be 15, 15, 20 years ago, perhaps. He was quite a character. He worked for one of the big advertising companies in New York, and there was a little tiny fertilizer organization that uh, he was working on promoting, and he saw a potential and bought the company and really built an enormous business. But there we are, things change and they move on. His son Jim's much more uh, interested, I think, in expanding the marijuana and cannabis growing in the uh, United States. And that, now it's been uh, legalised, is becoming very big business. But what about the gardening here back home? I think it's fairly safe now to plant tomatoes, aubergines, peppers in uh, unheated greenhouses. Even if we get a frost, there should be enough protection with the glass or the polythene to keep the tender crops safe. If uh, you do plant and you're in the north or in a cold, low valley and uh, they do forecast a touch of night frost, then it's worth having some fleece handy just to pop over the plants within the greenhouses to give them a little bit of uh, extra cover. I notice my pots of tree lilies growing very strong are just producing a few roots at surface level and if you see that it's worth top dressing the pots with a bit of fresh compost. You know a number of lilies produce roots from below the bulb and from the new stem emerging from above the bulb and so if we can do that little bit of uh, top dressing then it really gives them another boost and they'll be even taller and bigger and more flowers. If uh, 
you have tulips, even if you've cut them uh, and arranged the flowers indoors, as long as they have that one big large leaf left in place, that should be enough to feed the bulb so that it flowers again next year. With all of those spring flowering bulbs, wait until the leaves yellow before you cut them off. And if uh, some of the tulips especially, and perhaps hyacinths even, are still green, it's worth giving them a bit of liquid uh, high potash fertiliser, something like a tomorite or one of those tomato feeds. If you feed now, uh, as long as they are still green-leaved and growing, then it will help build the strength of the bulb for next year's flowering. Now what about developments? What's happening in the business? Last uh, fortnight, I suppose it'll go, 10 days ago, I went to... Uh, the Rittle College, I think it's a university now, where they're opening up a community orchard. They've got, I don't know, five or ten acres of apple trees that have just stood there neglected, some of them 20-foot high brambles, and they're clearing some of that and hoping to develop an orchard that the community looks after. There's an increasing number of community orchards and they're quite good fun. You know, people come at blossom time and walk amongst the trees and then of course there's the fruit to harvest. In the case of the riddle trees, once they got some of those brambles cleared away, there was terrible rabbit damage. I'd never seen anything like it, even with these, I don't know, must be 20, 25 year old trees. Uh, so uh, I just hope they've got enough cambium that the trees stay alive and uh, those people working in that community orchard will need to get some chicken wire and wrap back round the trunks to keep those protected. Some of the trees are what I call S-shaped. When they were maidens, just one tall stick, the trunk was bent in a curve, a semicircular curve, and then as it grew from the tip, was bent the other way in a semicircular curve, so you have an S-shaped trunk. This puts pressure on the bends and makes the trees produce fruiting spurs from the bottom right the way up. I've done that to two or three trees in my own garden and it makes a really excellent screen. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm pleased to uh, welcome onto our podcast today, Andrew Tokley. He's the Seeds Purchasing Manager for King's Seeds, one of the last, I think, of uh, some 20 companies there used to be in Essex growing seeds. And I think, like me, uh, he's a pretty good Essex boy. Is that right, uh, Andrew? 
Yes, I am. Yes, I'm very much an Essex boy, Peter. <laughs> we don't wear white socks, do we? We don't wear white <laughs> socks, and um, and certainly my wife hasn't got a white handbag either. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think we first met when our children came to buy a rabbit. Is that right? I think. I, I think so. Yeah, I think. Um, you came to buy a rabbit. We've got some uh, young ones, and uh, that's when we first met, when I was in short trousers, I think. Yes. That's right. And and really, Andrew, there can't be many people your age with the experience you have in the seed trade. And when I say the seed trade, I mean actually producing seed as well as buying and selling it. That's true, yeah. Um, I mean, I always tell people I was almost bred in captivity because... Um, I was brought up on a nursery with my father at um, Bypass Nurseries and along with my mother there. And um, so I've seen seed growing from when I was a very young age. And then, of course, I decided to work for the garden centre for 11 years at Bypass, which I started in the garden centre, moved into the actual growing side. And then I got growing seed crops for them, cyclamen, primroses, and... After that, we uh, we also got approached by an American seed firm to grow their trials. Horrible name seed company. It was called Bodger Seeds. Not the best name for a seed company, but uh, they had various different seed trials that they wanted grown in the UK to see how they performed. Yep. And I was involved in that. Mr. Bodger, he was a great character, but, wasn't he? Great, great character. Yeah. Larger than life. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very clever. And, you know, Bodger Seeds is another one that's disappeared now. I mean, they sold to, to other seed companies. Yeah. So I was with, with that process. And from there, Thompson & Morgan wanted somebody to grow some seed trials and grow their crops for them. And um, they come and got me. So I was there for 21 years before I moved to King's. Was, was that as long as that, Andrew? Yeah, 21 years, yes. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. so I've been in the horticultural industry well over 30 years and certainly in the seed industry well nearly 25 so it's a nice industry to be in um well, i don't think there's any anything better than harvesting seed cleaning it sowing it seeing the crop grow and then you're back to the raw material again when you harvest it. and can you use one of those wooden winnowing boards i can i mean how can we describe that they'd be about two two and a half foot wide yeah, with a slight curve in them. Yeah. So. And and basically you f you flap it up and down like you would if you were um, winnowing a fire, I suppose, if you were sort of trying to damp the flames down. And by, by that movement, the heavy seed keeps on the board and all the dust and the chaff shoots off the end. Yeah, but there's some skill to it, isn't there? There is, yeah. I mean, if you're very clever, you can do it with a newspaper as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, I've I've cleaned many a batch of seed um, using nothing but a, a newspaper, folded and winnowed, yeah. You because can do it that way as well. I mean, when you were growing uh, primroses, for example, the F1 hybrids, an awful lot of handwork there isn't the pollinating, and the seed's very valuable when you get it. Oh, incredibly valuable seed, and yeah, um, all handwork, um, you had to... Once you grew the plants, you had to divide them out between males and females. And actually, primroses are, are bisexual. You can actually carry seed on both plants. So you can actually split the flowers down. So if you split a male down, it's got a, a pin at the bottom. If you split the female down, it's got some... You can carry seed both ways, so, you, which is... 
I hadn't realised that because when we talk about pin and thrum, that's when that's the right. stigma comes up out the top of the flower or stays down. That's low. right, which you would put your pollen on. Yeah. And if you mm. if you pull that one down, there's pollen at the base of it. So oh. then, if you do the reverse on the actual one, which has the pollen at the top, that has a pin at the bottom, and you can actually carry seed on both plants. So when we were short of plants of one sex or the other, you would then carry seed on both plants. Oh right. And, and so would that happen in nature? I suppose the, where am I, the, um, the thrum ones depend- wouldn't really get the pollen to them, would they? No, they wouldn't, no. You're acting as the bee because you've got the paintbrush, so obviously you emasculate the flower and um, you transfer the pollen that way. Now, the company you're with, Kings of Coggeshall, goodness, you know, I've worked with them longer than I've known you. It's two centuries or so, isn't it, that that company's been growing seeds in Essex? started in 1888, Yes, and um, growing seed, various different seeds. I mean, E.W. King was was known for his sweet peas, always had a sweet pea in his um, lapel, on his jacket. Any photo you see, he's got a sweet pea in there. And he really did love that flower. And, uh, yeah, they've been growing seed for many, many years, and we still do. I mean, I've just cut my first bunch of sweet peas, stems two foot long, afraid the flowers are a bit gappy, not exhibition style. They've sort of got a bit stretched. But as I brought them into the office on the train, everybody sort of stopped and, you know, you could smell them on the air. That high scent, is is, is that a King's variety? It's one that was, it was one that we selected out, um, high scent, because, and like its name, it has a wonderful scent. It's not really an exhibition variety because it's a slightly smaller flower, but... Um, for fragrance, you can't beat it. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, you've certainly beat us with um, cutting the first two blooms, Peter, this year. Um, I mean, ours, as you know, we grow them out on the field here. We're just getting the first blooms just starting to appear. But we grow sweet peas here a little bit different to some other people, probably, where we actually direct sow um, a big block of mix. We actually do that in October out in the field. And if you remember back to last year, it was quite a dry October and they took a long while to actually germinate and we wondered if they actually would. And they did. It was well into, well, middle of November before they started coming through. Um, But the plants look very good at the moment, despite having a very, very dry winter. And that mix will, you know, be harvested this summer. Well, it'll certainly be in flower, I should think, in the next certainly within the next two or three weeks. And how, how tall does that sort of scramble up then? Well, well those we grow on the ground, yeah. so we don't actually put those on the net. So that, that would, um, they'll easily, by growing them that way, scramble four to six feet. Um, oh, will they? It, what, climbing yeah. up on one another sort of thing? They're climbing on one another, yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't ever get quite that high because they, you know, the weight of them holds them down. But if you took an individual stem, it will easily get to that. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not looking for um, quality blooms out of that. We're looking for a seed crop. And uh, we grow about, this year, growing around about two acres of a mix here. We normally grow double that here. But last year was such a wet June that we had a poor crop. So we've decided to split our risk. And we've got part of our crop grown in France this year as well. So um, we tried to have some grown here in Essex, some in France, and hopefully we'll get some good seed. Well, when you do this autumn sowing out in the field, it's not a bad idea to have uh, the surface still a bit lumpy. 
from my experience because then as those seedlings come through there's just a bit of protection from wind I mean do you pull the soil right down or do you leave no, that no, I mean good old Essex clay Peter it's a job to pull right down as you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's quite, it is quite lumpy here um, and it's the same we, we grow around about 50 different varieties every year on wires as well so those we sow in November in a polytunnel and we grow five seeds in a nine centimetre pot and we plant them out as those whole pots and we grow, you know, say a hundred pots of each um, each colour. And those we planted this year on the 28th of March and they haven't had a drop of rain until about two weeks ago and that was only seven mil from the day they were planted. And they're growing well because the soil was quite moist underneath, which is another benefit of good old Essex clay because it does hold the moisture underneath. Um, and the ground had been pulled up well in the in the autumn, so that held a little bit of that moisture. And we're amazed how, how they're growing away without any water at all because we haven't got the facility to give them the water. They have to fight for themselves. And, and, um, but, isn't, but isn't that the key to growing sweet peas, Andrew, to get the root down? Certainly on the east side of the country. Uh, if, if, if you plant late or sow late and then we have a hot spell, they just haven't got the root system to pull the moisture up, have they? No, they haven't. And that's the benefit of sowing in the autumn, um, you know, whether it be in a polytunnel or coal greenhouse, coal frame, because you've got that much better root structure than you have if you're sowing in February, March, which a lot of people wait and do it then. Um, because you've got then a plant with a good root structure, it's stronger plant, it'll flower earlier, and it'll put up if you do get those early batches of really hot temperatures, whereas you're quite right, if you're so late, they do burn out quite quickly. As you know, sweet peas don't cross-pollinate, um, or don't easily cross-pollinate anyway. Yeah. So you can grow all the different ones side by side. And the only way you're going to get errors in there is if there is a rogue, or a wrong one in that row and if you don't pull that out so you go along and pull out the wrong plants or if one doesn't look quite right we'll pull those out um, to make sure that every plant is the right characteristics for that flower um, before we harvest it. And I always think when people are buying seed they need to remember that don't they because the more you pull out and yep. the better the stock the less seed you've got and so inevitably it's going to be dearer isn't it? It is, and, and unfortunately, in this day and age, I mean, I'm always amazed when we still get customers who'll call and they're buying a mix of anything, you know, it could be a mixture of marigolds or, or something, and there might be a slightly wrong colour in there, and they're paying less than a pound for the packet, probably, and they say, well, and you say, well, it's a field-grown mix, and unfortunately, in this day and age, there's very few companies who actually go out there, walk the field like they used to years ago, you know, uh, in the Hearst days they would, you know, Ralph Gould, he'd have walked that field and he'd have pulled out anything that wasn't correct. And you would have had brilliant stock, but the cost of the seed now doesn't warrant doing that work, which is sad, but unfortunately that's the fact of life, you know, and uh, yeah. with, with the seed trade. You know, when you mentioned Ralph Gould, what a character. I remember oh, he, a lovely guy. I remember his wife saying that when they were newly married, 
when he got undressed in the, in the evening and took his trousers off and, and uh, folded them up, all the, all the dust and seed came out of his turnips on the bedroom floor. She yeah. went off. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't half cross, and and, yeah. and and I think he was growing some uh, um, cornflowers or something. He was selecting something out in his back garden, and and he came home for tea one night, and uh, oh, it's status, I think. Um, and Molly said, "Oh, uh, I know you wanted that uh, seed harvested, so I've harvested it all." Uh, and he said, "How many envelopes have you got?" And she said, "Oh no, that's all in one bag." And <laughs> <laughs> she, she mixed up all all of his different kinds. Yeah, what a character he was. Yeah, yeah boy, we miss him. I think 110 new cultivars he introduced, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. and I mean, a lot of them are still about today. You know, you take things like Kelvin and Star, um, Rebecca, and, you know, things like... They're all still about today. They're still good. Yes, all those monarch varieties, the, yeah. Ant- the Antorhinums, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was a very he, he was a very clever man, probably ahead of his time, um, and probably not valued as much as what he should have been when he was around, really, because he had a marvellous eye for a plant, eye for something different. Um, the only po- person I'd probably compare to him would have been another chap I know you've bumped into, and unfortunately he's not with us now, is Case Sahin from... Um, from Sahin in, in Holland. I mean, he was a real character, but a guy who could see something that nobody else could see and knew what the end result was going to be. His knowledge was unbelievable, Andrew, wasn't it? He it was. T- he told me once that if you wanted to tell double stocks, if you looked at the seed pod, there's a little tiny hook on the end, and he could sort out doubles and singles from the seed pod. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Most of us do it from the seedling, don't we? Yeah, um, You know, right. the light ones and the dark ones, but uh, someone in the seed trade that we, we miss now. But, but unfortunately, there isn't those sort of people coming through, which which is a great shame. Um, mm. There's still some great breeders out there, don't get me wrong, but the ones that actually do it from the from the old OPs rather than all the hybrids. Um, there's not many of those about, unfortunately. How is the trade changing? And, and are you happy? Are you coping with these changes? We are, yeah. I mean, the season this year has been very good. Um, been a nice spring. Seed sales started early because, as you know, we sell not only mail order, we sell to all the allotments, we sell retail, as well as we're one of the few seed companies that also sell to small growers. You know, we sell commercial seed to small growers, whether it be flower seed or vegetable seed. And the only thing I would say what's changing now more than ever is with good old email where everybody wants an answer within 10 minutes of them sending you an email nearly now. <laughs> um, because, you know, so it's, it's a very quick, very ever-changing world. You're virtually at the end of the email the whole of the time because, you know, you can get an order through or I can order some seed from the other side of the world and, you know, you're getting an answer straight away Instantly. almost, yeah, thanks for the order or whatever, you know, or sorry, this is a crop fail or... And the same with the customers, you know, they can contact us with a, for advice. But one thing we do pride ourselves on here at King Seeds is we always tell our customers is when you ring up, you get a real person at the end of the phone. Andrew, I can confirm that because when I phoned this morning, a very polite lady answered the phone in a blink 
and was extremely helpful as you've been today. So it's great talking to you. Hope to walk those sweet pea fields with you in uh, two or three weeks, I suppose. Look forward to it, Peter. We usually have a quick word about what's on. Well, I do a little bit of bragging, perhaps. Uh, next Wednesday, I hope to be in St Paul's, where all of those with uh, OBEs and MBEs, in the presence of uh, the Queen, and with fingers crossed the Duke of Edinburgh, we'll have a, um, a really moving church service. I look forward to seeing the Duke. We'll miss him when he retires. You can subscribe to the Sun Gardening newsletter at sungardening.co.uk and you can subscribe to the podcast by pressing the subscribe button on iTunes. Thanks again to our sponsor this week, Sutton Seeds of Torquay. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 